0: Shine full. You dwells between the
1: cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine
0: forth. Heal, when I here, i joy, avoid joy, joyland, joyland, joyland. Joy. The joy and joy and joy and even joy and so and brilliant, even the light. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm on a I'm on high time. I'm a high time. I'm in a high time. I'm a high time. have an a high time. To us all, thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. We thank you. Oh, we worship now bless you now bless you now thank you Oh spirit of god will follow you tonight the vasu tonayo to open up the realms of truth to make it open for next story to to follow you follow your leading follow your leading follow your leading Spinny heart and speaking. to smear your speakers you speak of an artist to have an eye to tie. to have an eye closed to scream to even I don't trust you even not to trust you even I will trust you even again to trust you even a on to put our trust put our trust in your spirit spirit of God to Illuminate the land of the spirit, the realm of the spirit, to cast light upon it, to shine light upon it, in our heart, even in our soul. Tonight, we pray for help, 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 heaven altar, heaven altar, heaven altar, rest to to see bring us under, under heaven, under heaven, under heaven, under, under heaven. Thank you, our Father. Bless your name. Thank you, Spirit of God. pray that you help us, Lord, and help our heart, Lord, to make that leap, that shift tonight from being casual, to being, to being, being, to being, 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 ready, fashion. Greece, Carlo, Cali, stupano. Thank you, our Father. We give you praise, Lord. Tonight, accept our hearts. We sing, we worship. But Lord, come and look beyond our weakness in our in our approach towards your table, and we're asking for forgiveness. And for mercy, we are asking that you will, through the means of mercy, give us access, Lord, to the Spirit. Help our heart, Lord, for transaction in the invisible. Give us mercy and give us grace lord tonight for for open open the door into us spiritual 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 ministry straight door way into the spirit door way into the spirit upon top over us mercy 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 Mercy. spirit of god spirit of god thank you quicken utterance utterance quicken utterance thank you thank you father Glory to your name. Amen. Lord, I pray you may help me use my heart and my vessel. Lord, to speak your word. To minister to us. Thank you. Bless your holy name. worship you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. John 4. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's see verse... Verse 19, praise God. John 4 verse 19 says, the, the woman saith unto him that, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. I perceive that, that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Praise God. Hallelujah. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where, where men ought to worship. And, and Jesus... praise God Jesus said unto "Believer, woman believe me the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father for you worship you know not what praise God But we know what we worship for. Salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is his spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit. They must worship him. Praise God. They must worship him in spirit and in truth. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Jesus. The... Our cometh, amen. So in verse 22, it says, says, you worship, you know not what, but we know what we worship. So there is a difference between, when it comes to worship, there's a difference between what the Samaritans were doing, praise God, because this woman was a woman of Samaria. Do you see that? And there was a difference between what the Samaritans were doing and what the Jews were doing in terms of worship. And Jesus is summarizing the difference between the Samaritans and the Jews as in their attempt of worship. Praise God. As knowledge, verse 22, it says that you worship, you know not what, but we know what we do what? What we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Amen. Amen. He said our father's worship, that was the woman speaking, verse 20, 20. So the woman said 19. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet, and our fathers worshiped in this mountain. Praise Jesus. Alleluia. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is a place to worship, where men ought to worship. When they say fathers. Now we know that mountain did not start, sorry, worship did not start in, in Jerusalem. Do you agree? Neither or worship did not start in the temple. The reason why she's made reference to Jerusalem is because Jerusalem um, is the place where the, the temple was built. The temple was, when it was eventually built by Solomon, am I correct? That's the place where, so Jerusalem is the place where the worship of the Jews settled. Right, you know that getting the worship to move and to settle took a long time. It, lo- it, took, it was a journey of a very, very, very long time, praise God, Alleluia. before worship could settle in Jerusalem um, but you see where worship before worship settled in the temple in Jerusalem worship came from somewhere worship started in the mountain uh, right that so if you're if you are you want to try to trace the I would say the Um, the journey or the change, the movement of the worship of God on the earth that it settled at this time, at some point in Jerusalem. Um, But we know that worship, before when it was in Jerusalem, it had landed in the hands of the priesthood, the Levites, the Levites, which is one tribe eventually out of the whole earth which God's intention was to make the earth, all mankind, a people of worship. And out of that original design that was in the heart of God, God was able to, he finally landed in one tribe. Amen. Amen. And by the time worship entered into the temple, praise God. The worship of God came into the temple through the hand of Levi as a tribe in Israel. But we know, of course, that even Levi, the tribe of Levi, lost that as their portion too. That the only way it could continue was the administration. I mean in terms of the administration of worship, the way it could continue was God had to raise somebody called David. Amen. Who could who could retain the spirit of worship? Praise God. Hallelujah. For his he season, he's the one who fought for it when it was about to be lost, he brought it back. And found a way to reinstitute it. Glory to Jesus. Um, back in in Jerusalem. And so but by that time, you know, okay, you can say worship with the Jews, you can say it ended in the hand of the Levites. Because even when David brought back the ark, he still brought Levites. Alright, and he still gave them charge. He changed the ordinances. But he also he gave it them charge still. The reason why the Lord did not permit him to remove it from Levi is because that pattern of worship still belonged to them. Praise God. So, but we know that so worship ended up in the hand of the Levites. So the Levites, then the priests, and the high priests were the ones who had the, you can say, almost the commitment of the worship of God. On the earth, that means that the way God ordained it, that when men want to worship God, they have to come through them for, to, to gain access to God. Amen. Amen. But we know that worship did't start in the hands of the priests.'t The way God designed worship, it didn't start in the hands of the priests and the Levites. Worship started in the hands of fathers. Praise God. Hallelujah. What did I say? Worship. worship is So what that means is that in just in the Levitical, um, in the Levitical code, you can find the original design of worship in the Levitical code. When I say Levitical code, I mean if you go among Levites and study their life and study everything they know about worshipping God, you won't be able to find everything. You'll find a little bit about worshipping God. But if you try to worship God and follow the Levites, you, you might do a little, but you won't do a lot. about. You won't be able to get to the actual thing which arises to God as worship. And when you move beyond the Levites, you now find priests and you go among the priests and you company among the priests. Amen. Amen. You still, I mean, in Israel, priesthood according to the Levitical order, right? You still, they've not, the priest, you still will not find the perfection of worship among the priests. Praise God. And when you go among the priest, the the high priest of the Old Testament, he he has a higher sense and a higher sight concerning the worship of God, by virtue of how you can tell is what the manner of instrument that they are able to handle, right? It's the, the skill, the knowledge around their, the instrument of worship because everybody, everyone who worships God, you can't worship God beyond the instrument which has been committed to you which you have been which you have gained mastery so you so worship cannot be done without instruments that's one number 2 that you can't worship better than the instrument which you have become a professional of or which you have mastered are you understanding me So, in terms of worship, you have Levitical instruments, which you find in the courts. Then you have priestly instrument of worship, which you find in the sanctuary. Then you have what? High priestly instrument, which you find in the most holy place. For example, if you take a priest before the ark, he will make mistakes. Right? If you move a priest into the most holy and you try to try to make him to, to Carry out worship of the Most Holy. He is not enlightened towards the, those kind of instruments in the Most Holy Place. But if you bring him back into the Holy Place, he knows how to use all the instruments of the Holy Place perfectly for for the worship at that level. Praise God. Hallelujah. But there are there are, there's worship beyond physical instruments. Do you understand what I mean? Worship, if you take away the tabernacle, take away the ark, take away the golden censer, take away the rod and all of those things of the most holy and remove them from the high priest, the high priest becomes handicapped concerning worship. In the Old Testament, I mean a high priest that was raised according to the ordinances which God gave Moses. Like once you take those things from him, he's handicapped concerning worship. Do you see that? Yes, but, there are, so that would tell you that there, are, there is a higher knowledge concerning the worship of God that's beyond those instruments which God gave, for example, Moses did not need the tabernacle Moses didn't need he doesn't need he doesn't need ark he doesn't need any of those instruments to worship God same thing with the fathers none of the fathers needed any of those things for worship praise Jesus so now, now I'll tell you that of course worship landed with the Levites with the priest, but that's not where worship started from that uh, the The more invisible, and there's actually a principle about worship, is that the more invisible your instrument, do you understand? The more what? Invisible your instrument, the more powerful, the more potent the worship in the spirit. Glory to God. Do you see that? What did I say? The more invisible your instrument, the more what powerful the worship, the more potent the worship. Praise God. The more what invisible. And that word for invisible is not just about invisibility, but ra- but really, um, it is more the. It's more about spirit. Do you understand that? It's more, or I could say, the more spiritual. Now. There's a relationship between spirituality and invisibility. Amen. <clears throat> Are you following me? Yes, sir. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's a glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said there is a relationship between what? Spirituality and what? Invisibility. Spirituality and invisibility are are related. There's a kind of relationship. If spiritual, if that which is spiritual wants to wants to, you can't the relationship is this, you don't touch the spiritual without, without the invisible invisible doesn't mean spiritual. Something can be invisible, but it doesn't mean it's spiritual. Praise God. Hallelujah. Something can be what? Invisible. It doesn't mean that it's what? It's spiritual. But, but, the, spirit, but the invisible is the doorway into the Spiritual. Is the what I say? The invisible is so. So if you can relate with invisibility, then there is a high chance that you can relate with the spiritual. Now the thing with invisibility is that you to relate with the invisibility, you require different senses from the senses of the physical, right, you, you require different senses from what, physical senses, invisibility forces you to use the senses of your soul rather than the senses of your outward man, right, invisibility makes you, it forces you to do what, to use the, the senses of the inward man as opposed to what senses, as opposed to the senses of the what, outward man, Amen. Amen. Uh, what did I say it's the it forces you to do what? Yes. 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 yes of the outward man. now why why does the invisible align more with the spiritual than what is visible? It's because there's something about invisibility that invisibility is the when you say invisible, invisible, invisible is the highest, is the greatest descriptor of the form of God. Do you understand? It's like the is the highest descriptor of what? Of the form of God. It's invisibility, is actually when you begin to speak invisible, invisibility. When your heart begins to, when your heart begins to pull towards the invisible is actually a sign that the soul has kind of capacity towards God's kind of nature. Or not nature, now let me not say nature. God's kind of form. Are you seeing that? God's kind of what? God's kind of form. So the invisibility, the degrees of invisibility, actually what... Characterize beings that have God-like quality. That's why anything that's not invisible, you can't call. It, that's why an idol cannot. It's not a god, really. When they speak of graven images, right? Graven images. The Bible actually, it. The Bible re- rejects them as they are not worthy of bearing gods. They are not actually gods. As long as they don't have property of invisibility, nothing that is not. Invisible can be a God. That's one of the barest rule. Do you understand what I mean? Praise Jesus. So, so it's clear that worship here, um, uh, beginning from this woman, was actually saying something. This woman, she might not have been a priest or something, but she had some insight into the the idea of worship, or uh, I could call it the history of worship. Now, she's a Samaritan or a Samaritan, but she's not a Jew. But she's, well, she looks at the Jews and she, she can see the pride of the Jews. Amen. Amen. Oh, she could see what? She can see the pride of the Jews. In te- or let me not say pride the hubris of the Jews right the, the hubris of the Jews is that we own worship, but she has a history that predates the Jews that we know you are boasting with this worship thing, you're boasting with this temple thing because you are the one who committed the ordinances to, but she knows that worship didn't start with the with those things that the fathers were mountain worshippers. But when she said, that's verse 20, glory to God. Hallelujah. Said, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. So when she said our, she's including Jesus there. So then ye, there's our, then ye. Our, including Jews, means she's including the Jews, and both Jews and Samaritans. All right, all of them together. You know, those you know they separated at some point. Ten tribes went one side; two tribes went the other side. Praise God, Hallelujah. glory to God. Hallelujah. And then one side kept the um, Jerusalem became the the, the 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 division of the tribes were actually according to their. The uh, agreement of worship. So at some point before, all 12 tribes should go to worship right at the same place. But for some time, only two tribes would go. Then the other tribes had their own different idea of worship. Glory to Jesus. So our fathers worship in this mountain. So he's, she's telling Jesus that before, the, the, the center of worship was mountainous. But now you say that, you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she was addressing Jesus as a Jew. The only thing is that Jesus is not a Jew. So you see this woman of Samaria, she... She, you can, there's a way you look at the Samaritans, and ah, they, left, they left the rest of Israel, they left the temple, but there's something also about them is that there's something that they did not, they were able, leaving the other tribes also kept them away from something. It kept them away from some kind of Hebrews, Hebrew, sorry, and some kind of tie to that temple worship. You understand. And so, so, he said, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. And then verse 22, he says, you worship ye know not what? What? Then he said, we know what we would worship. For what salvation is of who? Of the Jews. So, now, Jesus is saying, what Jesus is saying is that, when it comes to worship of knowledge, that worship of knowledge, which is kind of like precepts, that you find that in Jerusalem, right, which is where the temple is. Praise God. But he says that. Verse twenty-two. We now say that you don't know; you, you know not what you worship. So we saying that you have a kind of worship. We say, "Is you?" We agree you worship, but your worship is not. It's not with ordinances. Praise God! Now, but that's why. Who he's speaking to, and this woman, of course, at this time they are no longer fathers in the land anymore. You know what I'm saying? No longer fathers in the land anymore. So we're outside the fathers. When, when the season of fathers of the nation was coming to an end, that was why when God said it's time to institute the worship via ordinances. Which is what the Lord gave in the wilderness, which is the temple worship, which translated from tabernacle, God moved into the temple, which is worship that's according to specific. Those ordinances are actually a kind of knowledge concerning how to worship God. And God put demarcations and all of that there. Praise God. So, but the Lord, but also outside that, the. The reason why God brought that season in the wilderness is because of a weakness, I would say a kind of weakness, that has set into the people. The weakness, praise Jesus, Hallelujah. that had set in the people is because there were things in the Father's that were not in the children, do you understand me there were what things were in the fathers that were not in the children It's clear that those things were lost they, 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 those things got in, got to Egypt, but egypt those things died in Egypt. praise God do you understand they, now who went to Egypt? Ah, huh? fathers. How many fathers went to Egypt? How many? Thirteen of them. Jacob and twelve. His twelve sons. The twelve sons of Jacob were fathers. Do you agree with me when you say the fathers of the nation? The fathers of the nation, right, were actually those twelve. Those are the fathers of the tribes. When, when Moses were, was addressing them, he was speaking to them, those twelve, refer to those twelve as your fathers. Right, same thing when Stephen was teaching in the book of Acts chapter 7. He was making reference to the journey, how God found you know, the Israelite, Moses raised Moses. Journey of how they came into Egypt, all of that. He referred to the twelve of them as what the fathers of the nation. Praise God. But what happened was that after some time, after some generations in Egypt, Egypt swallowed fatherhood. Do you understand me? After some time, Egypt is powerful like that. He adds a kind of power to one of the power. The power of Egypt is degeneration. It has the power of death. Egypt has the power. The powers in Egypt are graveyards, right? Egypt has is a grave actually, right? Egypt is a grave. It's a place of deadness. Egypt is where things go to die. Do you understand that? Where what? So if you want to die, go to Egypt. And Christians play with Egypt. Till now, Christians are still playing with Egypt. You can see souls who, who the Lord has saved for some time. You know that Egypt is, power, is strong. Egypt has a pool. A layer. You know the grave speaks. The grave speaks. The grave calls. The grave knows your name. It's scary, but it's true. You say, God forbid it, no, no, it's not God forbid. <laughs> Praise God. You say, no, I'm born again. Only Jesus, I'm named after the family of God. Yeah, you are named after God, but but you are known. You yeah, are known. Nobody is free from You can get free, but it's a journey to get beyond the point where you no longer have the ability. Even before Jesus finally got to the point where the grave no longer had power over him, he had journeyed. Some things had to happen. Do you get what I'm saying? That thing called grave, you should not joke with that thing. While you are walking, dancing, the grave can be calling you. Back. And if you're not careful, you can, your steps, you can start, instead of moving forward, you can start moving backwards. And yes, that can happen. That's what God was trying to deal with. Uh, praise God. That's what, that was the problem. What, what was troubling the Israelites in the wilderness? It was the call from Egypt. They had crossed the Red Sea. They had gotten into the wilderness, but Egypt was still calling them. That's what was troubling Moses. He was the call of Egypt in the heart, in the souls of the Israelites they were still making reference to Egypt. Praise God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So that place called Egypt is terrible. That, that place is terrible. The, one of the power of Egypt is that Egypt can, Egypt has the power to, it has the power to to make bargain with destiny. Destiny, bargain. That's how what Egypt will say. Egypt will say, I have a work for you to do. And I will give you, I want to give you a preoccupation. I want to give you, do you understand? I want to give you what? A preoccupation. I want to give you preoccupation. I will give you work. But that work must be servile means that you must make, be a servant. Right? You must be moulders of blocks, right? Fetchers of water, ewers of wood. That must be the kind of job. Right? So Egypt is a place that can give you keep you busy in a way that has nothing to do with your destiny. Do you understand? That was what the nation that was what happened to the nation in, in Egypt. Keep you occupied. That's the power of the world to keep you occupied in a way that has nothing to do with your word, with your destiny. Praise Jesus, Egypt is, um. Egypt was empowered praise God to to corrupt, to bring corruption right that's what death is the grave is a place that corrupts. So fathers went into, into the nation, but after some time though they multiplied the people multiplied but there were no fathers anymore right and uh, Egypt doesn't didn't only wasn't only fighting fatherhood he was also fighting the potential. The the land could smell the potential of fatherhood. And begin to fight. After some time, the Pharaoh even began to say, We don't even want any male child anymore. Forget fathers. Let's we don't let, not even any male child should be born anymore in the land. That was the season where they when they gave birth to Moses. And the, the the Lord had to move on the midwives, had to move on the people, praise God, on Pharaoh's daughter, and so on, just to preserve the life of Moses. Uh, Am I correct? So it means that in the time when when Moses was born, there was a huge generational gap. So uh, I want you to picture something when Moses was born, there were no longer male children being born. So it will be very difficult to find any male child the age of Moses and below in Israel. And the Bible didn't tell us that at one point Pharaoh stopped doing it. Do you agree with me? He didn't tell us that at some point Pharaoh got tired of it. So who knows, maybe right up until the day when Pharaoh came back to the nation. Who knows whether they were still killing male children at that time. So it's possible that Moses, when he came back, he came to a, a nation of women and old men. Right? Praise God. But it's, it's clear that God wanted at all costs to, to raise a father for the nation. That's why he allowed Moses to be kept. Moses went into the wilderness. God raised him in the wilderness. Then Moses came back to... To get the people. Praise Jesus. Amen. And then move them into the wilderness. So, so Moses was, you can see what was developed in Moses was fatherhood. What is fatherhood? Fatherhood is the knowledge of worship of God. Do you understand me? What is fatherhood? It's the knowledge, the understanding, the enlightenment, the wisdom concerning the the worship of God. God had to take Moses and then go and train him in the house of another father. Someone like, someone called Jethro. Jethro was a father. They called him the priest of Midian. So, is a priest, but a priest without tabernacle, right? Yes. Now, it's clear that every priest, every priest pre-Israel was a high priest. There was only one kind of priesthood of God that was available. There was nothing like Levite, priest and high priest. pre pre. The tabernacle time, pre-Sinai, God only produced one, one kind of priest. All priests were mountain men, mountaineers. Praise God, like Balaam, for example. Balaam was, Balaam was not, though they called them priest, they called them priest, 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 priest. Like Melchizedek was a priest, but not just an ordinary priest, he was a priest of the Most High God. Uh, do you understand me? So anytime you hear priest, pre the giving of the law means high priest. Do you understand me? All the priests pre-giving on the law, they had the skill of worship on the mountain. They had the skill of what? Worship. They had skill of of or the knowledge of mountain top worship. All of them. So it's clear, Midian was a high priest who God took Moses to. Praise God. To Jethro, sorry. Jethro was a high priest who God took Moses to. To go and learn, right? High high priesthood. Now, every priest, or every, not every priest now, every high priest is a father. Praise God. Does that make sense to you? We're not talking fatherhood now in terms of giving birth to children. Uh, Right? We're not talking about what? In terms of what? In terms of fathering children. We're speaking. It's clear in Israel, there were parents there in Israel. But there were no fathers. We're speaking of fatherhood uh, Fatherhood has different meaning in the Bible. It's not just having children, we're talking about the someone can have a child, but it's not a father. he doesn't know anything about a father about being a father. We're not speaking of fatherhood in terms of giving we're talking of fatherhood as a role as a right fatherhood as a role as a vocation as as uh, right, if the, a father should be able to do some things, there is the knowledge, the wisdom of fatherhood, which must be learned. And what every father, the role of every father, is to raise fathers. But someone, a father can give birth to a son, but never teach him anything about fatherhood. That will not stop the son from growing up, going through puberty and becoming older and having the ability to give birth to a child but you can do that but you never learned anything about fatherhood so all you are is a man who has a child but that does not make you a father what will happen is that your child will suffer the child will not have enjoy fatherhood because fatherhood is not in the fellow who give birth to the child do you get what i'm trying to say age doesn't confer fatherhood fatherhood must be learned are you seeing that? Uh, amen. So, and there are different kinds of fatherhood. There is fatherhood in the natural, which is our natural person, fatherhood concerning a person who is a physical person. Amen. Like I am a father physically. That's a, a type of fatherhood. Praise God. Then we now speak about the, the nation of Israel. There was there's a definition of fatherhood that that has to do with Israel. Why does is that? There are different things you have, to, you have to understand in the Bible. Number one, when they say father. When they now say children. For example, when they say the children of Israel. Now, who were they calling children of Israel in the Old Testament? Are they the, baby, the babies? So it means the older ones with white beards. They are all children of Israel. All of them. According to that language of the Bible. Right, The children of Israel children in the book of Numbers say that in this wise will you bless the children of Israel. The children, the children, children and those all the children include all the grown men. Numbers 6 verse 23 speak unto Aaron who is a father unto his son. Now these sons are sons in the natural but that's not the type of sonship that they are alone. They these sons were, no long, were not just sons of Aaron as physical sons of sonship, but they are also sons of Aaron in terms of their vocation. Do you get what I'm saying? That It means that in the vocation of worship, vocation of worship is calibrated according to different roles. There is what you call father in worship. There is what you call sons in worship. And there's also a role below songs. Amen. Amen. Uh, right? Do you see that? Do you agree with me? Do yes, you agree? Are you sure?
1: Yes,
0: sir. <laughs> Praise God. There is what we call father in worship. There is sons in worship. And then there are those who are not yet sons yet. Those who are yet to be sons of, in worship. Then those who are, who are fathers. There's fatherhood. These are rules. They are defined in the spirit when it comes to worship. And they are defined according to ability. How do you tell a son what instrument of worship is he able to handle? They are instrument of worship that's only handled by sons. They are instrument of worship that's only handled by a father. Only a father in worship can handle certain instrument of worship. Praise Jesus. Amen. So it's, it's clear in that in this numbers chapter six. When it says speak unto Aaron, Aaron has been raised into a, 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 a stature of fatherhood. Right, just Aaron having children. It's clear Aaron in the physical was already a father before a father in the natural became he before he became a father in the tabernacle. Do you understand the sons of Aaron? Right, Eleazar, Itama, Nadab, Abihu. They were all sons of Aaron before anything about this priesthood came about. So you can see a son of a physical man. They now say it's time to now become sons of a vocation. Are you seeing that? In that vocation, there's the father and there's the role of fatherhood and the role of son. Glory to God. Are you seeing that? So fatherhood, sons... Then those who are not sons yet, those who should be, become sons. I don't know what's the best way to describe the, the Levites, but Levites are not really sons yet. Amen. Amen. They are a they are a separated tribe of people who should become sons. Amen. In other words, or you can call them you can call them the tribe of worship. So so you can say father son and tribe is a tribe of worship. Not everyone in Israel belongs to the tribe of worship. Amen. Amen. So you can see when it comes to worshiping they now they now come to children. So children are those people who have who don't have yet any any inheritance in worship. When you say a child, a child, a child is someone who someone who doesn't have the, who hasn't gained the the any kind of training. Right? A, a child is somebody who has not enrolled in the school of worship, but whose destiny is to be to be a worshiper. Are you seeing that? But who who has whose destiny is what is very clear that everybody in Israel has. That's what makes you an Israel is that you have a destiny of worship. You have a destiny of worship. If your name, if you are Israel, you are designed to be a worshiper. There's nothing you can do about it. It's just by being an Israel that destiny is upon you. So it means that you have a kind of a status in worship. So when you You are born into the, you are are picking up the name Israel, right? Once you're picking up the name Israel, you enter into childhood. Do you agree with that? You enter into what? Childhood. But childhood means that you have not, you have not, praise God, you haven't come into the place of learning the vocation of worship. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, well, now let's look at fathers. Fathers in worship. So, a father, we see in Israel, there are two kinds of fathers in Israel. We say the fathers of the law, and fathers before the law, or fathers that are higher than the law. Right? Or praise God. Are you seeing that? Fathers who are what? Higher Higher than than the law. Fathers who are fathers of the law. Which, if you are a father of the law, means you are a father according to the design of the temple and according to the design of the tabernacle. Do you get me? Now, but a father without the law. Is a father with a capacity of instrument of worship. It is the different kind of fatherhood. Is a father who has mastery in invisible instrument of worship. Do you understand me? A father of what? Who has what? Who has? Invisible what? Invisible instrument. Invisible instrument of worship. So, one of the, the what makes father invisible, what, praise God. Hallelujah. And what qualifies the fathers, sorry, or uh, characteristic of fathers who have such instrument of worship is they are, they are, they are they are fathers who have the the power or the ability to communicate face to face That's the difference between. The fathers. Right. <laughs> what do you say? Yes, before fathers before what? The law. And fathers were the law. Now, it's very clear that Aaron didn't come in with God face to face, even though Aaron was going into the most holy. But when he's going to the most holy, he must bring something that can talk to God. Right. He must, and he he has, so when he gets there, he must, there are instruments in the Most Holy which he must use. Aaron doesn't go there and start talking, God, this, God, that, this. No, that's not the way of Aaron's. There are ordinances about, when you get to that Most Holy, there are things you must do, and those things have to do with your instrument. In fact, while you're coming, your instruments are the ones who speak. So, Aaron's job is just to bring the instrument and make sure they are in right order, right functioning condition to commune. The instruments are the ones who do the communication with God. Right? When he's br- bringing his golden censer with coals on it, those things must be right. The incense must be right. Everything is right. When it comes with that, then with the blood, which he sprinkles, the blood and the presence will be speaking the blood, and the incense will be speaking. Do you understand what I mean? If at all he wants to hear, he must hear with instrument. Right? The Urim and the Tumim must speak. It's not face to face. Now you never saw Moses using Urim and Tumim to speak to God, but the priest has to use instrument. Those Urim and Tumim are most holy instrument which a priest who is not... Of the order of face-to-face worship. A high priest who is not of what? The order of what? Face-to-face worship will use. Amen. Amen. Are, you, are you understanding me? Yes, Praise sir. God. Glory to Jesus. Now, now you see what I'm telling you. Yes, sir. That you, the quality, even in the worship of the most holy that the quality of worship, the type of the worship is different, is according to what kind of instrument is being used in worship. Do you understand me? Yes. So, so, fatherhood of the kind of, but Moses is different. Moses just go there. God told him, you just come into the most holy. So he said, from between the mercy seat, I will speak to you. In verse, Exodus 33 verse 11, the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as who a man does what speaketh unto his friend. He speak, the Lord speak unto Moses what face to face as what a man does what speaketh unto his friend. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, when they say he spoke face to face, He spoke face. to. Are they just telling you that God's face was here? God's face was there. And they were talking. It's more than that. The word, see, when you say face to face, means interface to interface. Right? Moses has his own face, which he uses to face God. When he's facing God, he has its face. But when Aaron is coming, Aaron has his own face. But God said, I can't speak to that face that your face is not developed at all. Right? Your face is not what? It's not developed at all for communication. You have to use instrument instead of face. Right? But Moses has gone through development of face. It he, he took 40 years in the wilderness for... What they, they speak about when they say face, right? For face, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So uh, it's clear that um, everything that they were doing in the priesthood was to have a kind of interaction with the face of God. Do you understand me? That's, that's one thing you should note. One of the main purpose of worship is for to have interaction with what? With the face of God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. To have what? Interaction with the face. So it's clear that that's what the high priesthood, the priesthood, the ordinances of the whole nation Was meant for is to how can Israel have access to the face of God? That's why that Numbers we're reading chapter 6 says, In this wise will you speak unto Aaron and to his son. Tell them, In this wise shall you what? Bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord what? Bless thee and the word and keep thee. What will he do? Cause, make his face to what? Shine upon thee and then be, what, gracious unto thee. Now, a, a, a priest can't is meant, is raised to be able to bring this blessing. Do you see that? But what connects the blessing is not, was not the face of Aaron. In order for, before they say, speak unto Aaron and be telling them this, God, imagine, the person who received the instruction was a face man means Aaron can't even hear this instruction by himself. Moses had to. God had to speak unto Moses. And we know that the communication to Moses was face to face. That's how God speaks to Moses. It's always face to face. It's not through Urim and Thummim. It's not through golden censer. No, it's through face to face. So face to face, Moses got instruction and told the priests who have a way of connecting ministry. Not with his own face. But through alignment, mm. uh, you get what I'm saying. Yes, uh-huh. Through what? Alignment. Through alignment. So, because of the ordinance of the priesthood, when Aaron and his son begin to say this to Israel, it is effective. So you now say, why did Moses speak to Aaron to be saying this to Israel? Why not just pick any random Israelite to say this? So it's not just about saying it. It's about what is behind the person who is able to say it. And what is about... To, for Moses, Moses can bless in this manner. Right? Because he has a direct relationship with the face of God. But for Aaron, Aaron needs an ordinance, an entire ordinance of priesthood behind him, which is an ordinance with instrument that, that gives him the, the qualification, right, to bring the, the face. And what about face is that face contain blessing. Do you agree? Face does what? Face contain blessing. It's clear that Moses was blessed by God in the wilderness. Moses was what? was blessed by God. That's one thing. When you are able to move into fatherhood, fatherhood is the zone of blessing. Not just zone of blessing, blessing and cursing. That's what, that's what is the power of a father? A father is who can bless and who can curse. What did I say? Bless. Who is empowered to do what? Bless. Who has who has the power of blessing and cursing. That's the power of fatherhood. That power of the ability to bless and to curse. It's not a small, it's not a small commitment. When God wants to commit to a person, I want to give you the I want to give you the the ability to bless and to curse. For God to commit that to a man, God must have worked so much. There are many things that must be inside that person to have the ability to... Imagine someone like like Jacob. It means he has the ability to discharge blessing. It's inside of him. By being a father, he has all the fathers who God raised. They have the power to bless, and they have the power to curse. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Amen. Someone like Balaam, who was also a father, who was a priest, a high priest, who uses the mountain. That was the skill of Balaam. And Balak had to go to him. He has to go and look for a man who has the ability to cause and to bless. You could see those two things in operation in Balaam, right? But he wanted to cause, God now made him blessed. Bless instead. <laughs> because God knows his mouth can do both. <laughs> because he's a high priest. He's a mountain priest. He has it in him. He did everything to cause, But God said, this one, who can, you can't? You can't. You actually cannot cause Who? God. Has. God said, do you know how long been, this blessing has been spoken over these people? Do you know how long Aaron, as God commanded, has been standing, pronouncing blessing? And that blessing is not... You are, you are a mountain guy, but I found a means for these people to trap blessing, which was also through a method of the tabernacle. Through the tabernacle. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So you see, the arrangement of blessing is not ordinary. When you see the arrangement of blessing... There is the priesthood, even outside the priesthood. There are ordinances, you know, what God gave to Moses wasn't just ordinances of the priesthood. He also gave them ordinances for the people. Or what you call the children. Right? It's clear the children are divided into tribes. Right? He told Moses how to divide them where each tribe should stay in the camp, how the camp should be ordered. All of those order were alignment, and arrangement for the purpose of what? Of blessing. Praise God. So Balaam couldn't cause. He did everything he could. Well, he couldn't cause. He just kept blessing. He just kept blessing. And he kept blessing and blessing. Praise God. So uh, so you see, fatherhood, fatherhood is is the... Is a power that so you so you can see what what worship the power of worship unlocks. Mm-hmm. Right, you're seeing what the power of what worship unlocks, or another word for it to put it is that you can see what the face of God unlocks. Now, I want to ask you a question. If before the tabernacle was instituted and all of that, the method of, of, of worship was face to face. Face toward face. Worship doesn't just happen anyhow. Before the tabernacle, if someone wants to worship God, you must find somebody who knows what to do on the mountain. They are the ones who go to the mountain. For others. You can't just go there anyhow. Alright. You need. There's a, there's a knowledge. Knowledge about. About the glory to Jesus. About, about the mountain. Picture. Picture. Glory to God. Now, now in the most holy. The ark is standing. Alright. Or you can see the ark is standing. Or the ark is resting. Standing or resting. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Thank you, Father. Thank you. And the tabernacle is an elevation, right? Which is what a natural kind of it's not really an elevation, it's it's a kind of aha. Uh-huh. Place where you progress into different levels of dealings with God, right? From the court, you move into the sanctuary. From the sanctuary, you move, in, move into the most holy place. Praise God. But in the, before that, You see, Aaron has, when he's going into the most holy, he has an altar prepared. and instrument prepared, which he uses. He needs to just learn how to use. Do you get what I'm saying? So he don't need, his own idea is not welcome there. You get what I'm saying? What Aaron will do is not coming from him. Right? A person who interacted with the face of God brought forth what Aaron should do and designed everything that should be present in that place and told Aaron, when you get there, this is exactly what you do. Do you get what I'm saying? So, The worship of the Tabernacle is a prepared worship. Do you get what I'm saying? Is a what? Is a kind of prepared worship. Is a worship where, of course, he has to then master all the things that have been told him, not to make a mistake. So now, so you can see clearly. Now, but this is the difference. The guys who worship on the mountain, there is no mountain where they prepared for you. Every mountain worshiper, every thing they use on the mountain comes from them. It's a know-how. Do you understand something inside? That mountain might just be a normal mountain. Some guys maybe go there to do exercise. Some guys maybe go there to, you know what I mean, to dance, to do anything. The same mountain that guys go to do exercise. Some shepherds maybe take their goats there to go and feed to all kinds of things. It's just a mountain. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a place. It's, not, it's different from Tabernacle. You can't go to Tabernacle to do exercise. It's, it's devoted. It has been, right, it's a, it's been prepared for a particular purpose. You see what I mean? Because the pers- it has to be prepared because the person who is coming there is handicapped in their person concerning the worship that was a call. You get what I'm saying? So, so they are relying on it's, a, it's like a prepared ministry. right? And that's one thing Aaron must rely on constantly. That once a year when he's going he's relying on something that has been prepared for him. There. Am I saying something to you? But A mountain watch like Balaam now, was there a most holy, was there ark, was there something? Nothing is there. The same place guy, someone can go there and sleep. He comes there. And when he lands in there, he knows what to do to turn the mountain top into an interface with God. All the knowledge of that thing is inside a man. That a king had to go and look for him and say, come and help me. Come and do it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It's inside the person. Right? So, not every, not every father are the same. Fathers are different. Aaron is a father. Moses is a father. But, the Mount of Sinai was plain. Was not in there was nothing there. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> but God has raised a man in him are what it takes to to turn that mountain for that mountain to become a place of an interface where the face of God can calm down are you understanding what I'm trying to say so, so let's see the difference what's the difference between the, the kind of worship praise God that was pre the law and the kind of worship in the most holy that was the law Right, you see the the thing with praise God. Let's so when you take Aaron, are you following me, please? Are you sure? Okay. Amen. Amen. Aaron, when he goes to worship, he has, like I said, none of the things which he uses is really are really his own things, uh, right? So, And because of that, his worship was lower. Right? And because it was lower, it was limited. Mm -hmm. What was the limitation of that kind of worship? The limitation was that The kind of worship that was being done is is a worship that has been descended from the invisible. Brought into the visible realm. Do you see that? So, worship that is visible... Cannot deal with invisible things. Do you get what I'm saying? Worship, worship that is what? That was what Israel lost by refusing to come to the mountain. Right? When God want was asked them to come, God wanted to restore fatherhood back to the nation. Wow. Do you understand that? That's what was lost. What is fatherhood? Right? Fatherhood at that time meant ability to worship sheep. In the invisible. Do you see that? They could worship where? In the invisible. invisible. But when the law came, it brought a lower standard of worship. Which you must use visible instrument. Then if you bring visible instrument, that worship can only do so much. It can only affect. And bring solution, and or you can call it blessing. You can only bring blessing that it cannot. That such worship cannot access spiritual blessing. It has to access a kind of blessing that is that is customized for what the word. for what you call flesh. That's what Hebrews nine. That's what Hebrews nine was saying. That if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a hypha sanctified for the purifying of the flesh. That's all he could do. Because the flesh, out of the man God wants to help, his flesh is the visible side of him. Anything that is invisible about man, the law was weak concerning. Praise God, do you see that? Hebrews 9 verse 13, it says, For if the the blood of bulls and goats and the what?" The ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, does what? Sanctify it to the purifying of the flesh. That's it. To the purifying of the flesh. But it now says, How much more then shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, you're seeing the method, which the blood of Christ does operate. It's not the, like the blood of bulls and goats. It's a different kind of blood. So it's, it's then clear that the blood of Christ is a kind of instrument of worship. Do you, get, do you understand that? Yes, do you agree with me? Yes, sir. He's, he's talking about the word, a kind of what instrument, is a high instrument of worship. That when this instrument is offered through a method, through a means, it's offered through the eternal spirit without support to God, but it's then able to purge your conscience. Not the, not the flesh, but conscience is talking about the invisible parts of man. Do you get what I'm saying? What I call it, the invisible parts of man. To purge your conscience from what? Dead works to do what? To serve. The living God so now this is talking about the blood of Christ this is clear of course Moses instrument was in the blood of Christ Moses had what he, what he had what, which he was using as well and the, the work, what Moses was using also had an effect on the invisible but the work that is able to do is not this exact work which the blood of Christ, like I said before, you can't, what worship will produce can't be better than the word instrument. Praise God. Which is being used. Amen. Glory to God. Am I making some sense to you? Are you being blessed? Okay through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. You poured your conscience from dead works to do what? To serve what? To serve the the living God. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So you can see that what made Aaron lower in what his ministry could do was because the ministry his, all his ministry could only affect the, the visible side of People. He couldn't tamper with the invisible things in man. he's gone Hallelujah. and when Moses went to the mountain Try and bring some understanding about this thing. So it's clear that what made the law lower is not because, because they say, How much more shall the blood of Christ, if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a hive are sanctified for the purifying of the flesh? So you're clear that the limit of the law was not in just in the type of sacrifice, it was in the they affect the the capacity of the sacrificer. Yes, sir. Yeah. Can you see that aspect of it? Yes, if you read this chapter, it, it seems like, ah, it's because they offer blood that blood of bull and gold, so now we're offering Christ, so that's what makes it better. No, that's not what the main thing, that's not where the real problem is. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? If you if you think it's just about the blood of Christ, then you remove an important aspect. You remove the whole concept of worship. Worship is not just about what is being offered. It's about who is offering. That's the first thing we learned about sacrificing from Genesis. Right? From the first time of sacrifice, we learned that it was a lesson of Cain and Abel. So, so, you see, the limitation was not just about what was being sacrificed. It's about what? Yeah, A- Aaron himself. In other words, yeah. that's always one of the enli- the light of Hebrew, that this guy had infirmities. Yeah. They didn't even mention too much. Well, they also mentioned the, the, the limit of the sacrifice. It was also mentioned in Hebrew, but the limit was not just on the, what was being offered. It was also issues with the the, the the priests themselves, right they couldn't continue by reason of death, right they have nature, something in them that was a limitation right now you see you say, and what something else that also shows you this is that Aaron was offering bulls and goats right when the the high priesthood of the law came. That's what was being offered. But we explained clearly that when the worship of the mountain was occurring, it's not like they were offering spirits. <laughs> <laughs> what are they still, it's the same thing. Wow. <laughs> right? Yes, the same thing. Wow. What did Abel offer? <laughs> but the Bible said he offered by faith Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. That was an excellency of the sacrifice. So it means the person who is offering qualifies the offering. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. The word excellent, excel, means height. Yes, the, how high, the, the excellence of a sacrifice is how high it can go, is how, how good it is. Its capacity for ascension. And that what, what capacitates the ascension of a sacrifice is in the person who is offering the sacrifice. So it's clear that the sacrifice which, which uh, praise God, the sacrifice which Aaron offered could not ascend beyond into the invisible. Do you get what I'm saying? He couldn't move into the invisible. But it's clear that Abel's sacrifice moved into the invisible, even though he was offering a physical thing. Right? He offered a physical thing. Look at it. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was what? And that word, when you say witness... Of righteousness means justification. Justification means witness of righteousness. It's a witness of righteousness. When you say he this, so it just means that he was justified. Right? Then he says God testifying of his gifts, and by it he would being what dead yet what? Speak it. By it, what's the meaning of this? By his gift, he being dead, yet that word "yet" speaker means he's still speaking. Means that he wasn't only speaking because he died. All they are saying here is that he has been speaking since that time, but after he died, he didn't stop speaking. Do you see that? So, when you're saying God, when God is receiving gifts, the gift is both what is being brought and the person. That's what God would check them, put them together. That's what amounts as a gift to God. Praise Jesus. So, it's clear that God didn't only receive the blood of the animal which he offered. God also received a bell in there. Right? So it's, it's clear that that animal which he offered spoke. The blood of whatever he offered spoke. But Abel's own blood also speaks. Also spoke. Like he was saying to Cain that the blood of your brother cried unto me from the ground so the voice, and it said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood. Are you seeing that? Now, the voice of thy brother's blood crying unto me from the oh. ground. The voice is not crying because he was killed. Do you understand what I mean? The, the, the crying of the voice, God hearing the voice, is not the problem. God has been hearing this voice since. It's sweet to God's ears. God loves hearing. What, what does God hear, hear? God hears the voice of his blood while he was walking, while he was walking around on the earth. God was hearing the voice of his blood. But the problem with Cain is that why is he crying to me from the ground? It's because you spilled it. Right? He shouldn't be crying from the ground, he, he, he should be crying in an earth. In a, in a body which I made. Do you get that? He should be crying in, the bo- in his body. But now he's crying from the ground. That's not the place where he's supposed to cry. It has, you change his location. Before time. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So this this, this speaker of the blood. So you can see that. When Abel came, Genesis called it receive in the person. If you go to Genesis where they offered the sacrifice, it's I had the light unto, unto Abel and then his offering. Praise Jesus. And in process of time, Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, amen, amen. to 5, glory to God. It says, and in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and and to his offering. He had respect first unto Abel, to his offering. So Abel was speaking. The offering was speaking. Do you get? God could hear the voice of both of them. And then God had respect unto them. Praise God. But Cain unto his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was then very wroth, and his countenance fell. So the order of worship, praise God, is first the offerer before the offering. Right? Is who is offering first before what the offering. Both things should be speaking to God. Are you getting me? Yes, Both should be what? Both should be speaking to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So When Moses went to Sinai, God didn't say bring sacrifice, did he? But when they went to the mountain, there were conversations. God wanted to hear Moses. And indeed, God was speaking to Moses. In there, praise God. So the difference is that when the, the worship before the law, when a worshipper goes to the mountain, right, everything he produces is from himself. Do you understand that? Everything he does what? Produces with his own hand. I can imagine Cain wanted to, wanting to build. Now for, 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 Lever, sorry, for, for Aaron to offer, Moses has received ordinances and wisdom to raise his temple. All the, all the altars, sorry, from where every offering and sacrifice must be made. Moses has received the wisdom for them. You understand what I mean? Already prepared. But when a man goes to a mountain fresh, like when the altar where Abel offered his offering, who made it? Abel. Do you understand? Where is that? How did he know how? Do you get what I'm saying? The method of approach to get to the point of sacrifice, you see that the method of what approach to get is different. Now, when, in, in the tabernacle, when you to get Aaron from to the point of offering in the most holy place at the mercy seat, you it's the the way to get there is not his idea, or it didn't come. He doesn't. It's not generated from within him. They are. The, the distance he must walk, the passage where he must walk through, the door he must come through, the direction he must approach from, all of those things are coded into the design of the tabernacle. Aaron cannot say, I'm not going to pass through the veil. I'm going to jump from the curtain at the back. it's not just to get to the most holy. I will just jump inside from the back. So why did God design it that way? You you know what I mean? If you've listened to Daddy's teaching, he has taught a little bit about directions of the temple. You know that when God was teaching, it wasn't just ordinances about what to build, how to build it. He taught them where it must face. It must face a certain direction. The entrance through the east door or the east gate, there's a way that the priest must enter through. Direction is according to where the veils are. That's how I see So much was already predefined for Aaron because if you leave Aaron, he wouldn't know what to do. He doesn't have the way of our approach to offer to God, so it has to be encoded into the temple. So the temple or the tabernacle is help. You are bringing down out of the invisible, you are reducing. Of bringing down the approach, the order, the ordinance of worship into the physical, right? And you are removing the responsibility of finding the way and the manner of worship from the from the person who would do it. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so that makes it very limited. But when it but. Before that time, the fathers who use mountain to worship, there is no east gate, there is no nothing, there is nothing. You, you, it means the father has the ability from his bed. Do you understand what I mean? Without help, without direction, from his bed, he knows. It's not just about offering. They know how to. There's a way of climbing that mountain. You understand what I mean? There is when you prophetic manner. You understand what I mean? (laughs) You, you, you If you see him, you just feel like he's just going to go and kill an animal. But you take your own and go and kill it, nothing will happen. You wonder why you don't know what that priest is Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you have an interpretation, Carrius Stefano? Praise God. Thank you, Father.
1: Tania, Sapania, patafia Talia, Manata, Prapato, Valista, Vanta, Talia, Palia, Venita, Fa, Fa, falia, famia, Tania, Pania, Falia, Catonia, Prepoposo, Palia, Pania, falla Catania, Satania, Rebusda, Balia, Catonia, Preketa, Vadketa, Velakoso, Prenteli, Reganti, Regonta, Regonta, Regonta. regonta, regonta La malagadania papa palia frakatoso preteli preketania falita fanaita falanaita fenafaita fenaita 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 Fanita fenaita fenaita alle prototonia papa papala kapa paniatoso panta fevanti alikaloto ella proste fenaproste e preme prosto fruta fruta. To turn, to turn, to turn you, to raise you to bring fruit to me. I want to raise you, raise you where you can bring fruit to me, where you can offer up to me. I want to raise you, I want to raise you to be Him who can sacrifice, Him who is worthy to sacrifice to me. I am showing you the other, the other, and the way of sacrifice, the way that you are acceptable to me, and that your fruits may be acceptable to me. For you first must be acceptable in my sight. You first must be acceptable in my sight. So I am showing you how. I am showing you the way. I am showing you how. I am showing you the way. I am one lopantali. for you have to be justified and you have to be accounted for righteousness. It is the way that your fruit will be pleasant unto me and that it has to be that you are acceptable for your fruit and your offering to be accepted so I am showing you how that you as a person can be accepted before me and you can be received before me and be justified before me it is that you must be accounted for righteousness says the spirit of the Lord praise God
0: thank you father glory to God glory to Jesus glory to Jesus Thank you, Father. Praise you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. (coughs) Amen. Amen. Okay, just read Hebrews nine. Amen. Let's just just to get some scripture. Thank you, Father. (coughs) He said that um, quickly from verse one, Hebrews chapter nine. Then verily, the first covenant had also ordinances, you see that, of divine service. That's the first covenant had ordinances of what? Divine service. And then he calls it a worldly sanctuary. Praise God. In my Bible, there's a number behind worldly, right? It says worldly means earthly, right? It calls it earthly. So it has, the, the first covenant had also ordinances of divine sanctuary, of divine word service, and then word, and the worldly There's something about the sanctuary, Amen. Amen. What is the sanctuary? The sanctuary means everything about the sanctuary is for qualification, equipment for the most holy. The sanctuary is for the most holy. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so you can see that one of the signs that the first covenant and you know, the place of the covenant is the most holy, right? And the sign that that first covenant was on inferior, one of the first signs that the first covenant is inferior is its kind of sanctuary. Do you get what I'm saying? Its type of sanctuary. Its, its, its sanctuary is what? A worldly sanctuary or an earthly sanctuary. It's clear an earthly sanctuary cannot take you to a so you can't the kind of sanctuary you use will determine the kind of covenant you will access. Do you understand me? The kind of what? Sanctuary word You use will tell you what? the kind of covenant the kind of sanctuary you use will determine the kind of worship you will do because when you finish using the sanctuary you find you you find the preparation in you but the preparation you have is only as good as the sanctuary do i make any sense to you do you, are you getting me? <laughs> so okay Please don't ever feel like these things are not your business. So, okay. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, okay, let's go on. Say, for there is a tabernacle, there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shoe which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer, you see, all the instruments. The ark of the covenant overlaid around about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that boded, and the tables of the covenant. And over it the cherubims of glory overshadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing what? The service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood. Are you seeing that? Which he offered first for himself. Do you see that? That word first means that he himself, he has need for, some, for, for a kind of offering. First for himself, means himself wasn't free from the problem that he's coming to solve there. you get that? So he must offer first for himself and then for the errors of the people. Verse 8 now, it said the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the word first what. Tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time present in which we were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Could not make him perfect as what? Pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and then carnal Ordinances imposed on them until the time of what is what you call the time of reformation. Glory to God. Do you see that? Now, quickly back to verse eight. So the Holy Ghost is signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not made manifest, while as the first. So you see, He's telling you that. Actually, one of the things that this order is signifying is concerning what he called the way. The way into what? The holiest. So the, the, that first tabernacle was yet standing. That, the word he called first tabernacle. I told you, they explained the first tabernacle to you, which is called the what? The... Worldly sanctuary. The first, right, verse two. Say, for there was a tabernacle made the first, wherein was a candlestick and the table and the shewbread, which is called the sanctuary. So when it says the first, while that first tabernacle was standing, it's a proof that the way into the holiest was not yet made what? Manifest. What does made manifest mean? It means that the way into the holiest is not, has not been revealed. That God, at that time, actually the way into the holiest was actually invisible. It hasn't really actually been managed. Even though you say there was a sanctuary and then there was a holiest. But it says as long as the sanctuary looks like that, it's actually a sign that the actual way into the holiest is not manifest. That's what God was trying to show. Do you understand that? That the way, if the way into the holiest is manifest to a man, you don't need a physical room with physical things because such a place can't lead a man into the holiest, really. This holiest, which they are speaking of here, does not manifest. It's not the second tabernacle they are speaking of. He's talking of the holiest, actually, the holiest of all. The actual holiest of all means holiest of all here means the presence of God. So it's signifying that if the sanctuary looks like that, it means that the holiest of all, the way into the holiest of all, is not made what manifest. The way into the holiest. Do you get what I'm saying? Has not been made what? When that way was manifested through Jesus, the sign was the tearing of the veil of the temple. That tearing of the veil, it, it, it meant so much. It meant that somehow God has found a way to make manifest to man the way into the holiest. That's what chapter 10 was describing. When he's speaking about the new and living way, consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. And then having a high priest over the house of God. Let us now come bold. Let us draw near with full, sorry, full assurance of faith, having our heart sprinkled from an equal conscience, our body washed with pure water. See, our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. So all these things can happen. Hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he that promises is faithful. Why? Because of the way has been made manifest. Go back to verse twenty-one, verse twenty, sorry, and Amen, verse nineteen. I'm so sorry. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by what? the blood of Jesus. You see, so. When you're talking about entering into the Holy Yes, you must have two things there. What to offer? One. Number two, the qualification that is in the person who wants to offer. The qualification in the person is possession of the way. Do you get what I'm saying? Possession of what? the way is by you you enter by the blood and you enter by what a new and living way which has consecrated for us through the veil that is to say what is flesh glory to God am I making some sense to you now are you seeing those two things here the blood which is the offering or what you call the sacrifice right? the offering actually the blood which is the offering and the way the offering and the way is what makes a father do you agree with me? The blood, which is the offering, and then what? Amen. The way. is what, what, what makes who? It's what makes a father. When, what is that blood? That blood means he has the right thing. He has the right thing to offer, and he knows the way to get to the point of offering. Do you, do you agree with what I'm saying? So that's why I told you that a priest, a high priest. So let's go back to those who offer in the mountain. Right? You see, like I said before, that they can just get up from their bed, and just from that bed, they have everything in them to arrive at the offering point in such a way that their offering will. So there's a there's a way a layman will climb the mountain. When he reaches that point, he hasn't got into presence. He's just on top of a mountain. But there is a way a father moves. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's a way a father moves and he arrives at the mountain point. In fact, once you arrive at that point, if you can arrive at that point, with the sacrifice, everything, forget it, you have done it. You have done it. Amen. That is that journey is a journey of, of a father. Say journey of a father. Journey of a father. Race, training. When Abraham went with his Isaac to go and offer, he came with servants, but he kept the servant. Hey, this is they got to the base of the mountain. He said, This from this point on is a fatherly journey. It's not for servants. So you can wait here. Do you get what I'm saying? He only he, him and the sacrifice. Do you get what I'm saying? Him and what? The sacrifice. Him and the sacrifice alone. Do you get what I'm saying? Those is a prophetic typification of the scripture. Do you because in that journey, that's when the, there was an effective exchange, a kind of an exchange of, this, of sacrifice. God said, ah, Abraham, you fulfilled this thing. So let's now, want to switch what you're offering now. We'll switch your offering. We're going to instead, I'm going to give you another kind of offering. I will commit another offering to you. Which is better than the offering of your son. That was what that ram, that ram caught in the thicket symbolized. It was actually a ram that symbolized Christ. Right? It was a symbol of who? Of Christ. Abraham, because of your the training way which you allowed me to take you through to chart your course up to, to bring you, it's very clear that everything that was done in the life of Abraham was for to bring him to the point of sacrifice. That those ways, were, by all manner of things, all manner of obediences, were constructed in Abraham to bring him to where? To the point of what? To bring him to the point of sacrifice. Amen. Who is a father? A father is somebody who is able to arrive at the point of sacrifice. To get to the place of sacrifice, a lot of training in the spirit must occur. Do you agree with me? (laughs) A lot of what must occur? A lot of training in the spirit must what? A lot of training must occur in the spirit. What is the training that makes a soul arrive? It's clear that the sacrifice to God must be done in his presence. The presence of God is what the mountaintop symbolizes. And it's clear that the training that brings a soul to the mountaintop is the training of what... Of ways, say ways. ways, ways. Training of what? Of ways. Where should those ways reside? In a textbook? In a manual? Where must he be? He's talking about the ways of the heart. What makes a father in the spirit are the ways of his heart. The ways of the heart. If you. Don't have way. You don't have the way into the holiest, right? You become handicapped concerning worship of God, concerning sacrifice to God. Do you you get what I'm trying to say? So, the first learning of Christ is the learning of what? Sorry, the main learning of Christ is the or the purpose of Christ, of the learning of Christ, is simple, is to impart the way into the holiest, into the souls of men, into the souls of men. Is to how was he meant to impart the way into the holiest? What is the what is Christ? Christ just means the 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 training of a soul in a, the, the first training of the soul in, I won't call it just invisible because <clears throat> it's clear that the difference between Aaron and fathers of the I won't call it, it's not Old Testament it's fathers of pre-law fathers or who they are. The difference between Aaron, sorry, between Aaron and those guys is that is that those guys they had the mastery of they had an invisible they are able to hold way in the in an invisible manner. They are able to hold way manner. In, the, in an invisible manner. Can you see the difference? One is visible. Aaron must see cutting. He must see candlestick. He must see bread. Without those things, he's a handicap. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So what he would, when he has used the candle, everything, when he gets there, what he can do is lower. He has not, he's not been transacting in a place where invisible things can be handled. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Amen. But when you so, so when you get there, he is able to receive blessing of the visible realm, which is the purifying of the flesh. That's the best he can do. But when the fathers are, uh, fathers who in them are are they found it's not, I won't call it spiritual. I will I will still call it invisible in a way, because it's spiritual, but there's a, but for the purpose of this message, I'm reserving spiritual for Christ. Because that's how the Bible uses it. Spiritual means Christ. Amen. But those men, what they had was a way that was invisible. Right? What that means is that, and it's, it's inside their heart. Right? So if it means that God was able to take Let's say Moses, for example, through being around Jethro, Jethro was a shepherd who was just following, through following flock around, they're able to construct invisible way inside of him. Those ways are manners. When he he eventually landed in the presence, he knew what to say. If I found grace in thy sight. All of those, those are coded language. If you just bring a raw guy who has not been trained, he don't what he would say. Let's say if you just brought Aaron there, you don't even know what Aaron will say. That's why God does not want to hear Aaron's voice in the Most Holy. Aaron, you have nothing to say in this place. Don't come to my presence and talk. There's nothing inside of you to say. Do you get what I'm trying to say? In fact, when it comes to even blessing Israel, God, I must tell Moses, tell Aaron what to say. Aaron doesn't know anything to say about blessing the people. God must speak to Moses and his son. Must speak to Moses. Tell Aaron and his sons: This is how you actually bless the children of Israel, because he doesn't know. But Moses could could speak heart to heart, face to face. It's through a construction because Moses has been trained in the invisible. Now, where does the training of the invisible reside? In the heart. Do you agree with me? In the way, In the heart. In the, heart. In the heart is where the the training of what? Of the invisible resides. So somebody, a father, like let's say Balaam going to a mountain to cause. To you, he's just climbing a mountain. But you don't know we would not have known that there's anything about how to get to the offering place. You would just think you're just going there without the concept of the tabernacle. That made us sure, ah, it's not just going to offer that in offering, there's a way of approaching the mountain. Those, will be, those are secrets that would have been locked continually in the hearts of men who God has trained. And everybody wondering, why is that this guy can just go to the mountain and curse people and things will happen. But we, when we go there, we, nothing can happen. You don't know the secret. It's a fatherly secret. So God must for He must turn one of the things to, to communicate ways, They must in a way, in a way, I don't mean just communicating, to publish way, you want to mass produce or mass represent ways, right, in such a way that um, can be received by weak people. Do you get what I'm saying? By who? By weak, by weak people. Why do I say weak people? People who are weak concerning everything spiritual. If you want to you want to take people from scratch, from the miry clay, and raise them into the presence of God. You can't just bring the kind of training that Moses took. Many of us, that forget that thing, you, you will not go into the wilderness. and <laughs> it, will be, it will be a different story. It won't be that they sent you to the wilderness and you you came back and said, hey, let my people go. <laughs> Who knows what would have happened to you, what you would have done. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Check the Bible. The training of fathers are peculiar. right? They, they, it's not easy. All of those fathers are not ordinary men. None of them are ordinary. None of them are. Even beginning from Genesis, Abel was something else. You see all those Abel, Methuselah, Right, Enoch. Noah Noah Do you get what I'm saying? Say Noah. Noah Do you get what I'm saying? When you check Noah's nature and attitude, you know that this is not an ordinary kind of person. Yes, There's something about them to be able to walk. They have fathers have power to walk with the unseen. They are not moved. Where, you are, where children are, are, are playing around with impulses and carried away and children are bound to the visible. But a father can for decades be, be transacted in the unseen, in the invisible. That's the calling of a father. The, the ability to... to, to you get know what I'm saying? To, it's, it's a rare... Quality. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, Praise God. So, so God must, God had to find. That's why God was careful. You see, that blessing of, you know, it's a blessing of fatherhood that the, the Lord was passing down. When if, if he looked, searched the earth and searched and searched, he found one guy called Abraham. Then God stayed with him, stayed with him, stayed with him. And oh, they managed the entire process of how he would give birth to a son. He brought first Ishmael. They said, no, Ishmael is not. You can't commit task of invisible to Ishmael. He will fail after some time, he will forget the invisible thing and he will just be like, this is not my thing. Why, 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 why? How can a man sow his life to the unseen? Why should I be, why should I arrange my generations, arrange my lineage and create my whole dynasty and legacy about the unseen? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? God was looking for, can I find a person who I can keep promise with, it's a promise. promise, not money. You get what I'm trying to say. Not money, not wealth, not anything, not name, nothing. I'm talking of promise. And everything about that thing is, on, is invisible. Can I, can I find a person who I can commit it to? That's the, that thing, is, to do that is the seriousness of a father. That is, a father is somebody who you can commit business to. He can, he can handle it with a serious mind. Yeah. The, what kind of business? The business of the word invisible. Do you get what I'm trying to say? What I was saying last time, when you t- see Israel as a nation, you think that Israel, even though they had a, 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 a law that was carnal, you think that the whole nation was about the law. It wasn't about the law the purpose of the nation of Israel was to produce the seed of God, which is Christ, who they produced. There was law in there. All of those things were ongoing. It's for some type and shadow, for the purpose of precept, all of those things. But what the nation was actually, custody of the nation, was an invisible thing, which God preached to Abraham. Which he kept carrying on. So, and, and everybody who will be a, a, a core custodian of that thing, is, God passed it through a particular lineage inside the nation. Not all the nation. He found a lineage in the nation. And said, so This lineage must be able to carry the invisible and pass it on from generation to generation. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Praise God. So it was careful about selection, how Isaac will come. It must be Isaac. It can't be Ishmael. Right? It was particular about how Jacob will come. Jacob was another kind of fellow. Right? You know, Jake, every, every generation was a, was a choice. Right? Between Isaac and Ishmael. It had to be Isaac. Then Jacob and Esau. Are you getting what I'm saying? It has to be Jacob, not Esau. Because Jacob, when they checked Jacob, only Jacob, what was why did God choose between Jacob and Esau? All God checked about them was that this one can endure fatherly training, this one cannot. That if you take Esau and try and subject Esau to the training for the invisible, that to take that Esau, all you will do now, will want you to spend your whole life seeking the invisible. That what will happen? Esau will fail God. God knew that. That this man, he doesn't have the frame, he doesn't have the, what do you call it, the nature of becoming a father. He can't endure the kind of training for fatherhood. But when they check Jacob, they know Jacob can do it. And he showed up when Esau sold his bread. When you look at it, what is this bread writing? How can I leave a muscle of bread which is raw, which is, which is physically... Can, can, it can do the job. You understand know what I mean? This hunger is real, raw, present. This food is real, raw, present. Why should I leave this for some invisible concept? This cliche of blessing which have been passed on. What's my business with that? You can't see anything. It's weakness of frame. Which God saw in, in him and said, God, now I hate this kind of fellow. You can't do it. But Jacob can give away his physical thing for that. Do mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? It's a kind of train. That's what makes Jacob a father. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Jacob was not only a father. Of course, all the fathers, you see, all the fathers were fathers of fathers. Right, it was when it got to the twelve, fatherhood became a bit weak. What weakened fatherhood was Egypt. Egypt was a deadly nation. Do you get what I'm saying? Is if Egypt was what?
1: <laughs>
0: Egypt can, is it to multiply you want? We can make you many. It's not you want to become many. No problem. If your, if your goal is to multiply, when I say multiply, in that sense of just being many, alone, without substance, go to Egypt, go to the world, you will blow. <laughs> you understand what I mean? That's the boast of Egypt. You came as 12 or 13. Now you have become massive. Massive of people. but It's, called, it's mass of emptiness. They didn't have the weight of... The 12 that came. You see, just those 12 that came into Egypt, when you weigh them, they are more weighty than all the, how many hundred years later, right? All of those Israelites put together, there was no weight in them. In in terms of when you summarize all their capacity for the invisible, it was almost nothing because Egypt has removed that from them. God has to find a way to raise Moses. One man and send him into the wilderness, send him into the school of the invisible and raise a father out of him because the nation needed a father. Praise God. Does that make sense? Check it. Every every I know maybe not all the generations from Abraham to Jesus, not not of them, not all of them had record of details of dealings with God in the Bible. Right? Not all of them did. But all the ones that were recorded. There was always a trial, a test. Sorry. About the invisible, which they passed all the way down to Mary, and to Joseph, all the way down. Sorry, it wasn't Mary. Mainly Joseph. You know that was a test of Joseph too. The invisible. Can you choose the invisible over the? That's a test. It's the same test. The same was the test of David. David versus Saul. Are you seeing that? It's clear that so that lineage of Jesus was filled. You see, their training was very different from the rest of the nation because what they were carrying was, was, was different. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, like I said, Christ. The when you say you are learning Christ, what the the purpose of the learning of Christ is? You should learn Christ and learn Christ and learn Christ and learn Christ. How you know that you are you need to you are graduating from the learning of Christ is that the way into the holiest becomes manifest. Am I making any sense to you? Is is that what? What is the way into the holiest? I mean the way into the presence of God. The way into the presence of God. The way into where? Into the presence of God. Becomes what? Becomes manifest to your soul. And they, they, they measure that way. According to your. Now when we are speaking concerning the actual presence of God. We don't use the word just invisible now. Because when you're talking about God himself, invisible means something else entirely. I'm not talking about invisible to your flesh, invisible to you. We're talking about in God's realm, invisible is something else. But you can begin to use the word spiritual. Right? The, the Christ nature is the nature of the spiritual. The, the, what is a spiritual nature? A spiritual nature is a nature in whom that is a nature where you find a way that has been constructed where a way has emerged a spiritual nature is a nature that has found a way into the presence of God are you understanding me? that's the goal of what? of spirituality so in this whole arena of Christ, New Testament, when you come into New Testament, there are types. You have the type of mountaineers. Right? Then you have tabernacle guys. Tabernacle guys are a type of, a type of nature. which is a nature that is able to, to reduce, bring a reduction of the cause and bring it into some a kind of natural representation that falls below the promise. A Christian can do that. A Christian can. A Christian who has been called into the mountain and to find and learn the way of the mountain can decide, no, I'm not coming. And rather stay around some kind of representation. They call it the form, having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Do you know that when they give you precept, you can use your precept to build tabernacle? Right? Which is when you refuse to engage precepts spiritually. You won't gain the training of the way. You get what I'm saying? You don't, you're not understanding me. When you refuse to do what, engage precept spiritually, you will reject what the training of the word of the way. All right. What will happen? You reject the training of the way. And you will descend into letter. Do you know that you can draw out tabernacle with letter? The problem with drawing out tabernacle with letter, you will have do's and don'ts, you will have all kinds of things in your life, but you will not arrive at the presence of God. You will not, the way into the Holy has will not be made manifest to you. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Finally, that, um, sorry, John chapter 4. Let's just round up, read that piece and round up um, quickly. <clears throat> what? Glory to God. Um, John 4 verse 19, it says, The woman said unto him, Sir, so I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where what men ought to wash. So you are seeing the different orders here. You see, the mountain worship, then the woman speaking concerning Jerusalem worship, which came from tabernacle worship, but it's the same kind of thing. Praise God. Then Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, that the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain, in this mountain, nor yet at Jerusalem. So you are saying, Jesus is speaking about those two orders of worship which preceded his time, yes, or which precedes the kind of worship which he is bringing in, which we have spoken concerning. That the Lord is saying, the time is coming where neither in what, this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Say, but ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is when true worshipers. You see that? So, what he calls who are true worshipers? They are those who shall be able to worship the Father, not just in the invisible. They are fathers who worshipped in the invisible before. It's very clear, right, that Enoch worshipped in the invisible. Methuselah worshipped in the invisible. Adam, Abel, they all worshipped in the invisible. Praise God. But he said that they are not really true worshippers, right? How do you tell true worshippers? They are users of True tabernacle. Yes. Uh, do you get that? And that true worshippers, what was the truth true tabernacle? The tabernacle which the Lord pitched, which man did not pitch. Glory to God. True worshippers shall worship the Father where inward spirit and where in truth. For the Father seeketh such to do what? Worship him. Verse 24 God is a spirit. And they that do what worship him must worship him where, in where, in spirit and where, in truth. So you must worship in spirit and worship the Father where, in truth. Glory to God. So the worship in spirit and truth really will occur in the holiest, right? The holiest is the real place of worship in spirit and in truth. But like I've described to you, every worship... First, has every worship has a sanctuary. Do you agree with that? Every worship has what? A sanctuary. So if they say, come and worship in spirit and the truth. Don't start with spirit and truth. Ask, okay, how can I locate the sanctuary of worship in spirit and truth? Do you get what I'm saying? Now, and where, 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 where is that sanctuary? Can you tell me? Can you tell me what is the sanctuary of God? Who is the sanctuary of God? Christ. Christ is God's sanctuary. Right? And I said every sanctuary is is, is to manifest the way into the holiest. So... It then means that Christ is the training for spirit and truth. That's why Christ is spiritual. It's spiritual. If you are not learning way, you are not learning Christ, really. Do you get what I'm saying? Are you seeing that? The whole point of the sanctuary is to make the way into the holiest manifest is for the is to to construct ways inside the soul Glory to God Amen Everything, the precepts of the sanctuary are a representation of. That's the reason why the law came. It's hard for you to understand Christ. You know that the prophets, Moses, Abraham, all of them had a, a type of Christ in them. That's what made them able to offer sacrifices that God can receive. But there is no way for you to have an idea what that is without it first coming out into the realm of precepts, which is what the tabernacle was, and the temple, to lay it down. But it means that when you are learning those things, like, for example, you are learning the candlestick. You You know you can learn the candlestick and learn the candlestick, but... You can be seen precepts. While learning the you know what you are? Or well, really the candlestick is yes, the learning of the spirit of the Lord. Do you, uh, do you get what I'm saying? Learning of what? Is this the, and when you when you learn a spirit, you learn ways. That's what the spirit imparts to you. He's trying to teach you. Every the spirit of the Lord is to impart the ways of the Lord. Glory to God. So it means that of all those spirits, there are ways, like when you are relating with the spirit of wisdom, there is a way which the spirit of wisdom opens up in you. The spirit of understanding opens up a way Spirit of counsel opens up a way. Spirit of might opens up a way. Spirit of knowledge opens up a way. The spirit of the fear of the Lord opens up a way. Now, those spirits are fires or flames which ought to begin to, when you are receiving the education of those spirits, they are fire what when you say flame what do you do what are you supposed to do with a flame that's burning you're supposed to come and collect fire collecting fire from when you say candlestick say candlestick. candlestick candlestick which is like the menorah it's like a candlestick the candlestick is not something you it's stationary it doesn't journey it's it is, so, it's not a place that you, you. It's not something you carry and go. It's something that you bring your own lamp to. Right? You bring your own what? You, you, do, and you will collect not just flame, you also collect oil. That was what the virgins were, were teaching. And what are those virgins? Those virgins are. The type of people, the, of course, the wise virgins are those in whom have that way into the holiest. That was where the, 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 their virginity and their wisdom, mixed with their wisdom, constituted access into the holiest. What makes them have access is the, the lamp. They have their own lamp, which is they've collected, means they collected flame from the sanctuary. They, didn't, they were not rolling the candlestick. It means they have collected their own flames. The flame has come into one. They, they, they kept taking them until it became a flame in their own lamp. And then they now also receive the oil in their own vessel to keep that fire burning. Now, when you are equipped with lamp like that, That lamp, say your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you see what they had was actually an illumination of the way into the holiest. And when the bridegroom is coming, he's coming to check, do these guys have the flame? Do they have the light? Which the light is the spirit. Do they have the spirit? Glory to God. And you say what constitutes spirit is both the flame, and the oil in the vessel, both the flame and then the word the oil in the vessel. You need that flame and the oil in your vessel for each for, for way to begin to manifest to your soul. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you have the, you need to have the ability to collect the another word for flame, there's difference between flame and oil. Oil is the foil. right? Oil is the foil. The flame is the animation of what the foil, of the energy in the foil. The foil has energy that is flowing. It's just there. That's the oil. It has energy in it. The, lamp, the flame is burning energy. It's, it's energy that is burning that charts the course, that makes the way manifest. Right? It's energy that is born and that is animated. That's what you call it's an animated spirit. When well, you see that flame it's, it's negotiating with the wind it's releasing photons lights to cast illumination into the way. Do you get what I'm saying? Only animated spirit makes way manifest. Now For you to take an animated spirit, some it's not that easy. There must break in the soul stubbornness against against other fires that are not the fire you brought. That's where our problem are. Right? You don't we don't want to some of us don't want to suffer, first of all, the quenching of our own fire and the picking up of another. In other words, you don't want something else to burn in you that's not your own you get what I mean and, and we know that the presence of God abhors strange fire that's how Nadab and Abi who died, sons of Aaron who brought strange fire which is not the fire which they ought to carry but they brought a the strange fire into the presence of God are you getting what I'm trying to say what do I mean by fire strength. I'm talking about the, the spirit that animates you right the spirit, what do I mean by animates you what is burning in you? What is the, what is your, what is your fire? Your, what is your nature fire? What is, what is driving you? What is pushing you? What is igniting you? you getting, what, what charts cause for you? You can tell that the, 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 sp, the, the flame that is that in your lamp is what def, is what you used to see. It's what sheds light. It's what defines a path for you. It's what opens up a path for you. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So, what is Christ? Christ is not just a flat school of come and learn something, come and know the code or knowing. No, no, it's not about that. Christ is is a school of spirit. It's a school of ways. It's a school where you come so that. Another fire, another flame can burn in you. So that another light can do what? Another light can, can burn where? In you. Praise God. There are some of us, that's the light that you are, that's the, that's the word that we are fighting. You're, the war you are fighting is that you are not ready. And this is what sanctification is. What, is, what the sanctuary is meant to do is to change your lamp. Do you get what I'm saying? Is to do what? Is to change your lamp. And this is where some of us are fighting. You see, a soul can have a strange, we all came with strange fires, all of us. And none of us came without fire. No, nobody came without fire. We have strange, I'm talking of the fire burning in your nature. So some of those fire burns as zeal, things you need to do. Things that you love. The fire is also love. Fire means the impetus, the motivation behind will. What is, what is pushing the wheel? What is pushing the things you are motivated concerning? Glory to God. Yeah. Now, some of us, some of us we, we, are, we, we love the fire we have so much. We don't want to let it drop. We don't want to let it stop burning. You want to come inside and mix the fire of Christ with the flame that you have before. You want to let it be de- burning together. You say, Well, what? This is not the culture. This is not how Christ behaved. This is not what. Can you drop it? No. Stubborn souls. Stubborn soul refuse to take the. You say, Okay, bring revelation, but leave the spirit. Let's not take the spirit. You say, But can you. No, they say okay. This is the spirit of the message. You say no, I like my own spirit. Can I carry the message with my spirit? It's clear you can't bring it. Is a, it's a the sanctuary is a place of is a priestly zone. A priest is is where they say there's already a life here. Don't bring your own. Come and lend the life that is already instituted. In the sanctuary. The sanctified life. Glory to God. The sanctified life is a life that charts the cause into the presence. Anybody who keeps their own fire will never arrive at the presence of God. To always be elusive. Always be elusive. Always be elusive. One thing that you will never, you never experience peace with God. You know, you know that there has to be that peace of nature. If the soul will never land at peace of nature... You will never break into the presence of God. You you know, the presence of God manifests from peace. Where there's no longer fight. You know, some of us, there's still a war. Your own fire is fighting God's fire. And then the the flame of Christ must take over. It must burn and 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 burn. Until everything that is contrary. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Now... Amen. One thing that you must decide to do is that you're not going to be fruitful in precept and knowledge and bankrupt of spirit. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You don't understand me. That you're not going to be, you're going to, you're not going to be fruitful with what? Precept and what? And knowledge and then what? Bankrupt of what? Of spirit. There is something in you when knowledge is heaped upon knowledge and knowledge and precept is being heaped. That precept wants to begin to now call the spirit that will culture you in that thing. But sometimes when that spirit is coming, you you can begin to push against it. And souls have different ways of pushing. Different manner of ways of pushing. So, and the way they bring spirit to you is different. They can bring it through your brother. It's just your brother. They will just. He will be born in a certain way because he has fought his own war in that area. So he will then clump to you. And when he's coming close to you, you are supposed to light from him. You understand? You're supposed to take. You already know all the scripture about what is burning in him. But that's not the problem now. Is that you have learned the scripture. Now the mercy of God has arranged a way, a contact point into the spirit. You, you begin to see his own behavior. It can be maybe meekness or something. Or meekness or some kind of attitude. That is, that is you, know, you know, their flock, how you can tell spirit is through their nature of flocking. Right, that, um, that the sheep carries. You know, every Christ is a kind of sheep. So they are in, in different ways. It can be how the sheep feed. I'm not talking about revelation now. Not feeding of revelation. I mean how they eat spirit. Do You understand what I mean? Pasture of spirit. You know, to eat, for a flock to eat spirit, there are some things that must be configured inside the flock. You get what I mean? It, it, some, some flock don't know how to eat spirit. Because they are configured against eating spirit. Because to take, to eat spirit requires hunger for spirit. It means that you must be, find a way to be removing your own, to create hunger, for, to, to take of another. You get what I mean? You it might just be how this, and one of the way of, is, you know, one of the criteria of eating is hunger. And that way, for, the scripture for hunger is meekness. You understand what I mean? It's meekness. You see, your, your brother can always drink from another. You can easily take, can easily just shift form, leave his own way. Ah, well, there's something nice I just saw. I love that way of, of you know, what that soul has and how they react to something, how they receive something and all that. You just, and then you can see that in the person, but your own, because you love your own way. You refuse that thing in them. And you always have scripture to back up your own. Do you get know what I'm saying? You always have what? Scripture, 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 scriptures. To back up your own. Not to take the other person. You should be afraid of anything that is unique to you. You understand what I mean? You should be afraid of what, anything that is what unique to you, especially among the flock. You get what I'm saying? There is no fresh revelation that only you will have. You get what I'm saying? If you are having it and it's correct, at least sixty percent should be having it too. Let's say the other forty are stubborn; they are not getting it. You get what I'm saying? Let's say the other 40 are stubborn. They don't get anything. But don't ever be the first. Hmm, It just occurred to me. There's something we are all doing wrong, all of us. It's just something just came fresh to me. I just realized. You get what I'm saying. And such revelation can be sweet. But it's your flesh that's getting excited. doesn't do it like that the fact that you're the only one seeing it most of the time what is rising up is something that's particular to you which is yourself it's called revelation of flesh and blood flesh and blood had revealed it to you do you get what I'm saying one of the secret of taking spirit is not looking different Do you get that wisdom? What did I say? Not doing what? Not looking different. Praise God. The Lord has so much to say. You know, this teaching about the, the spirit ways, there are ways that the Lord wants to teach them to us. To make us know. And it will come in our blind spot area. There are things, because this is where Satan walked on. And he kept it. And the work are in our different nature, our peculiar persons. That's where those things are you' discover sure that you are you are partic, you are specially configured against the way of the spirit against the spiritual nature praise God some things that are very basic for example and, and I'm not even going to the deep things of let's say some things you know we have our own special peculiar issues some things that are easy difficult to describe and preach about and maybe Holy Ghost has to talk to you in your private, I'm just talking about basic things. One of the things, for example, we know in that this path has illuminated to us is order in the spirit. Submission. Let's say submission. Say submission. If you say, hey, what's, what's one thing you should learn in word of righteousness? What is it? Submission. Very simple. Right? Now, do you have the do you have the spirit of that in you? Let's start from the most simple thing. Let's start from there because that's where they start, you start learning spirit from. And now let's I'm not talking of submission to Pastor Jeff okay that one is easier you get what I mean that one is what I, I mean I, I'm assuming that one is easier because if it's not easy for you you shouldn't be here right please don't be here if it's not easy for you amen <laughs> if, it, if that one is, so I'm talking of that I'm talking about submission you have to discern not Pastor Jeff now it's just maybe my brother, just my sister, that there's something in her that's not in me that I have to submit to or, or bring myself under. When you say, come under, it's not under your pastor, that one is easy, that's not, that's not the easy part. They call it submission one to another. Submit yourself. It's also New Testament too. The submitting to pastor one is very easy, but submitting yourself one to another that one takes discernment. But well, that one is, it will take spirit to talk to you. That check all the brethren who are who should I submit to in this place. Most likely, the one you should submit to, you want to be their friend. You will find more pleasure in being their friend than in submitting. Do you understand know what that means? That can be dullness of spirit. Do you get what I'm trying to say? What I say, dullness of what? There's no time. Now, do you see where, I'm talking, this is spirit now. There's nobody here who, who can explain submission from the Bible. But, do you have those things in you? is your, when it comes to, uh, your, when I say submission, I mean, are you, like if I check, where is your current posture and position among the flock? You know, flock have their position. Some are, some are closer to the front, some are closer to the back. The flock that should be somewhere in the middle can carry his head to somewhere near the front. Not the, not the front, of course, they are wise enough not to stay in front, but they, they are in another place that's not their place in the number. Some, some people, they should be behind. They are in front of them. Some people, they should be behind. They are side by side, rubbing shoulder and being friend with them. Do you get what I'm saying? Flock. It's not anyhow. Flock has pos- positioning. Now, you can see someone. You can be in a flock. It's easy to discern. I submit to my pastor. I, I submit what? You're, you can't discern. These ones are harder to discern. But you don't know that that's where spirit is. God. Praise God. In terms of what you are what you are eating is not some it's not every flock that has the ability to eat the grass fresh. Some flock will go first and graze. When those ones are done, the grass is not too tall like that. They've done some things. It's at the level where some other ones can come and graze from. But some that need to be coming later can want to go ahead and graze first. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Some of you there are some things that you will never learn from me because that's not the way I mean directly ah Pastor Jeff taught me this you understand what I mean that you are not close you might not be close enough to me to even see some things and, it, and God just designed it that way and there will be some that Lord will design you must be closer and when you are closer you must learn some things but those who are not designed to be that close can despise their own point You get what I'm trying to say? I'm talking of feeding. Now that's another attribute of flock. Where you how you feed from. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So the whole realm of spirit is different, is completely different. There is a there has to be a, a wisdom. If you miss all these things, the soul will not appear in the presence of God. By the time you are arriving at the presence, a lot of disorder should have been dealt with. A lot of tendencies must have gone because of faithfulness with the Spirit. The Spirit of Christ. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you. Give you praise, give you glory. Lord, help us, quicken us, give us your mercy. teach us your spirit release your grace to us help us to arrive in worship let the way be manifest to us Lord we pray that we will come into the grace of Christ that all the preparation Lord for the realm and the land of spirit and truth where you ought to be worshipped, you will rock them in us. Give us the, the opportunity, Lord, to arrive at that place. Thank you, our Father. We give all the honor, we give all the praise, and all the glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You dwell between the cherubim shine forth.
1: You dwell between the cherubim shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim shine